Good morning. Uh, so glad you're here. Uh, we're going to start things out on this message today uh, I, with a little bit of feedback. I need you to engage with me. So if you have your phone, tablet, maybe you, I, I know you have a phone because you're, I mean, you have some kind of internet because you're watching it online, but get something out and go to, uh, the, can we put the thing up where we're going to do a survey? And I, I, this, where these survey results are going to come through live, and we're going to look at them together. So if you don't do this, I don't have anything to talk about for the next couple minutes. So the way you can scan a code is just get your camera and kind of zoom in a little bit, and then a pop-up's going to come up. Bloop, bloop. Do you want to open this? And you say, ding, you tap on that, and it's going to pull up the thing. And we're going to take you through, the, there's three questions, and uh, we're going to look at those. Those of you watching online, you can... Um, uh, click the, there should be a button in your uh, public chat, and it can just open up a new tab, and you can participate in this survey with us. So uh, get that. If you are on the sermon notes, if you have the sermon notes up on your phone, you can just scroll down a little bit. There's a link right there uh, for the ser in the sermon notes for this poll as well. I'm going to keep just killing just another minute because I'm seeing some phones still doing this, trying to get the scan. Okay, if you, if you don't, I'm going to go on. If you don't get, if you don't have it yet, uh, go, to the, go to mynewhope.in and get, go to the sermon notes, and the link is there. So let's go ahead and go to the first question. Go ahead and put the first question up, please. <clears throat> and this is just kind of, kind of a simple one. Where are you worshiping at right now? Where are you worshiping at right now? It should pop up on your phone. Oh, people are answering already. Online people representing in the house. Okay, sanctuary. Come on, come on, get, come on sanctuary people. There we go. Oh, 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 come on online, catch up, catch up, this is live, changing right now, okay, oh, oh online, oh man, well, they have a 20 second delay, so maybe we should just need to, oh, Unity Hall peeps, coming in the house, yeah, okay, so, uh, it keeps moving, if I just keep talking, it's probably going to keep moving, let's go on to the second question, this gives me an idea just of who's in the room, second question, do you know what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That's actually the st it's a story from the Bible. So the choices are, yeah, I'm familiar with that story, or no, but those are some pretty interesting names. I've heard of Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> and Shakira, something about hips, not lying. But Shadrach? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay if you don't know that story. Yeah, it, it, I'm kind of happy that there's some people that don't know that story. Because if there's people that don't know that story, then that means that we're reaching some people that don't know that story. If there's people that don't know that story, then that means there's people that, that haven't been raised in the church their whole life, probably, that we're reaching. We want to be able to reach some of them. All right, third question. Go ahead and put the third question up. Of the people that you know who are not devoted followers of Jesus. So you, you know people. So of the people that you know that don't know Jesus, that aren't devoted followers of Jesus, what are they? Do they just believe in good vibes? Like, oh, I'm spiritual, yeah, no. If you say, can you pray for me? They'll say, oh, good vibes, send in your way. You know, they're just, they're just happy. Or totally atheist, no God at all. They don't want nothing. Or uh, the people that aren't devoted followers of Christ, are, do, are, do they just believe in a higher power? You know, there, there's a higher power out there. There's a higher power, but he doesn't relate to my life. He doesn't impact us. Maybe they believe in a different religion altogether. It's not a Jesus follower. Okay, yeah. So there's a small percentage that's totally atheist. 
And uh, I, I wager to say that might even be a smaller percentage in reality. Those people that you think believe in no God at all, if they were in an airplane that was crashing, they might believe in something. What are they going to do? All right, yeah. One more refresh. One more. I just want to make sure we got good, good results. Is that the most updated? Okay, one more. Here we go. All right, about 50% uh, we think are people that believe, you know, just in good vibes. And uh, a little under 40% believe that there's a higher power, we think. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's a higher power. But he doesn't relate to my life. He's not an interventionist. He's not a... Um, a relationalist. He doesn't have anything to do with me. And this, this makes a lot of sense. The, the good vibes and the higher power, you can go back to the title side. The good vibes and the higher power, that's kind of how the people were in Babylon. They believed that there was some other stuff. They, they tried to be spiritual, but they didn't honor the, the God of the Old Testament. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylons, what they would, the Babylonians, what they would do is they would take over other lands and they would take the best and the brightest back to Babylon. Like, okay, so, so like I get to take you guys over, but if you want to live, you have to come work for me. And that's what they would do. That's what Daniel did. Daniel was, was captive. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were captives. They were the best and the brightest of God's people in Judah. And they were taken back to Babylon. And Babylon said, essentially, if you want to live... You got to work for us. Use all, use all your brightness, how smart you are, and help us. Otherwise, yeah, you're done. You're done. You're all done. And that's where this story is. And King Nebuchadnezzar, so there's a few people that don't know this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so I'll just explain it because I, I want you to know. Um, so what happened was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were trying to follow God in a land outside of their home. They were exiled. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he's the king of the Babylonians, he set up this 90-foot statue, which was quite a feat for back then. He set up this big statue and said, when all this music plays, everybody in the land has to kneel down and worship this statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, oh, I don't think so. And so they didn't do it. And some tattletales came along, and they told the king. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those smart people you got from Judah, they're not bowing. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, whoa, hey, guys, the rule is you do that or you're thrown into a fiery furnace. What's it going to be? You got to do that or you get thrown into a fiery furnace. And they were like, whatever, we're going to follow Jesus. And so they got thrown into a fiery furnace and God showed up and protected them and saved them. That's the gist of this story. Right before King Nebuchadnezzar threw these three boys into the fiery furnace, he said, what hand, it's actually a verse, Daniel chapter 3, verse 15, King Nebuchadnezzar says, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And that really is the main question that I find in, in Daniel chapter 3. That, that, that's the big crux that we can wrestle with today. What God is going to be able to res, rescue us from the hand of evil? What God can do that? King Nebuchadnezzar accepted all the religions. They were all okay. Everything's good. What's, what's so bad about loving everything? I didn't hate anything. Does that sound like familiar? Everything's okay. They accepted everything. They were spiritual. And they believed in gods, but they didn't believe, at least here in Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar said, what God, what, what kind of God 
can actually do anything with this? What kind of God can actually rescue you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What God could do can show up. He didn't believe God was an interventionist, nor was God a relationalist that wants to have a relationship with his people. And uh, so I think that's a good question. What kind of God would rescue them? We're about to find out. Daniel chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. Let's read it. There were some Jews whom you... This is what the tattletales said to King Nebuchadnezzar. There are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you've set up. Furious with rage, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And King Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, he's got a big old list, he's kind of full of himself. When you hear all this, you are, uh, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? If you're taking notes, here's number one. You are going to face a furnace. You're going to face a furnace. We are not living in the full kingdom of God today. We can access pieces of the kingdom of God. We can access the kingdom of God, but this ain't it. Just turn on the news. It's not perfect. The kingdom of God, when it's full, will be perfect. So in the meantime, you are going to face a furnace. Now, when I say furnace, let's make sure we're thinking the right, like this is not central heating. Not what we're talking about. Uh, this kind of furnace was what they would use to smelt ore. Uh, and God used that metaphor a few times throughout Scripture to describe his relationship with his people. In uh, 1 Kings 8.51, it says, For they are your people and your inheritance, whom you have brought out of Egypt, out of that iron-smelting furnace. So it's using a furnace as a metaphor for a situation that helped, that, that did what? That, that burned them? That's, that, that's what smelting is, right? So you get, you get rock that has some iron in it, or gold in it, or silver in it. You want, the, the, you want the valuable stuff. So they heated it up in a furnace, and it separated the dross, the gunk, from the actual metal that they wanted. They could take off the junk and keep something more pure. And so the idea is that God put the Israel out of Egypt, and Egypt was the iron-smelting furnace. Why would he do such a thing? He explains it. The next verse. Isaiah chapter 48, 10. I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Church, you are going to face a furnace. I wish I saw some more smiles right now, but I understand why I don't. You know, it stinks. But you're going to face a furnace. If you know it heading in, you'll come out of it just fine. It'll be a lot easier to go through. God does this to bring glory to himself, to help us become what we need to be. Because iron is useful, but rock-filled iron isn't. Junk-filled iron isn't useful to anybody. It's got to go through a furnace. You are going to face a furnace. Trials, testing. Jesus promised it, in fact. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have he promised it. You will have trouble. You, you're going to have it. 
You're going to have it. There's two types of furnaces that you may be in today. Two types of people I'm kind of talking to. One uh, is, is when God brings the test. He does this. He puts you in a situation to see if you're going to make the right decision. He puts you in a situation where you have to choose his way or the world's way. That's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. They were in a, in a situation where they were supposed to kneel and worship a statue, and God put them in a situation where they had to choose. Do the right thing or do what you know, was easiest in society. The other type of furnace that we may be in today is, is not when God brings the test, but when Satan brings the attack. God can use that. Satan may bring an attack, and God can use the enemy's attack if you trust him. Romans 8.28 says that God causes the bad things in our life to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So what's your furnace? What's your test today? Perhaps, perhaps you faced terrible things that happened to you in your life. Maybe abuse, divorce, failures, job loss, loneliness, lack, abandonment. I know, a, I know one individual who followed Jesus his whole life and then he lost his job and that's all it took. He lost his job and apparently God didn't love him anymore. One little furnace. God is not with me. He's done. He's done. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen with you. I hope when you find yourself in a furnace, you hang tight. If you're faced with those things, that, that may have been attack of the enemy, but you can look back on it and see how God used that attack to purify you. God never left you. God never abandoned you. You weren't alone when you went through that hard time or when you were abused. You weren't alone. God, God can use it if you now join with him. Perhaps the most common furnace among Christians today is apathy. Another, another form of apathy is caring enough to make the right choice when it matters. Anyone else sometimes struggle with the desire to fit in rather than stand for Christ? Am I the only one? We like to fit in rather than stand for Christ. In some ways, we're like the, we're like the, the, uh, the Israelites in Babylon. We're in a place that sometimes stinks, and God expects us to make the right choice. Does this kind of logic ever go through your mind? This is apathy-filled logic, by the way. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. These are just words. I mean, it's not like I represent anybody. It's just a little bit of something. It's just, I get stressed, see? And so it's not like I'm diving into drugs. It's just a little bit to take the edge off. I mean, it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit of sin. Living to, I mean, I've seen TV. Living together is just the next step of dating, right? This is just the next step. It's just a little bit of sin. It's only been a, it hasn't been that long since I, I, I read my Bible. It's just been a few weeks. That's apathy-filled thought. Maybe that's your furnace. God's putting you in a situation where you have to choose if you're going to go along with what's easiest in life or if you're going to do what he says. Praise the Lord, you're not, being you're not being threatened with a fiery furnace. But we know what God wants us to do because of stories like this. 
We can't always meet society's standards and God's standards. And God does expect us to walk into that furnace when we're in that situation. That fiery trial is it's not strange. We should expect it, Scripture tells us. Expect a furnace. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Here's number two. When the heat turns up, God's looking for your faith. When the heat turns up, God is looking for your faith. We're going to continue the story. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to, replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Isn't that the best defense ever? I don't need to say anything. We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. If I was Shadrach, I would be negotiating. Like with God. Like, come on, God. Like, okay, so every, you, you put me here. Everyone's doing it. I mean, what if I just, when the music plays God, what if I just, you know, supposed to bow? What if it's, is that, is that okay? What if I go down, what if I just, how about, God, when the music plays, I just happen to need to tie my shoe at that moment. I just tie my shoes for a few minutes. You know, I don't do it in my heart. I don't do it in my heart. If I just do the actions, certainly that's okay, isn't it, God? Deal? Can we, can, can we make that deal? No deal. No deal. God wants us pure, so he'll put us through the fire. And I love this. They had such faith. Faith. If faith was ever there, it's going to show up when you're about to face a furnace. If faith was ever there, it will be there when it's a hard time. That's what faith is. If, there was, if it was ever there, it's going to exist during the trial or the testing. If you run from problems or try to weasel your way out of them, instead of looking, what God, looking for what God might want to try to be doing in you, that's low faith. It's not high faith. That's low faith. We need to hold true to the teachings of the Bible, even when they go against our culture. Be counter-cultural. Turn to the person next to you and say, go against the flow. Type it in the chat. Go against the flow. Culture. Our Babylon says there's nothing wrong with wasting your, all of your attention and your, and your, and your imagination on, uh, on countless hours of video games or phone games or Netflix or YouTube, and I'm not speaking against doing any of those things in moderation, but, but countless hours is what culture teaches us to do. Let your imagination just whatever. But Psalm 27, 4 says, one thing I ask of the Lord, one thing I seek, that I can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. What's our attention at? We're not gazing upon the beauty of the Lord, gazing upon his marvelous temple. I think the gaze might be focused in the wrong direction. I love verse 18 there that we just read. God can deliver us from your hand, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to. 
do the right thing. Even if he doesn't, what difference does it make? We're still going to do the right thing. You know, yesterday, yesterday morning, I, uh, I drank a cup of coffee. And then, when that was gone, I drank another one. And then, my family went out, we went shopping, and I had a big water bottle. And I drank that one. And then, you probably can guess what I had to do next. <laughs> and I, was, I stayed in the car, and my wife went into the store, and she came back out, and I was like, honey, you got to sit here with the kids. I got to go in. I got to go to the bathroom. And so I come in. I come into the store, and there's a lady, at the, like a greeter type lady. And I, and I come in, and I had never been in this, this store. And so I walked in. It's like a big box, like way bigger than this room. Big, big store. And I come in, and I said, hi, I need to use your bathroom. And she said, yep, it's that, okay, big box store. It's a big rectangle. She goes, mm-hmm, okay, it's in that back far right corner. I said, okay, thanks. I start walking. And then she stops me. She's very helpful, and she thinks it's a very appropriate time after someone just said, where's the bathroom, and you say it's in the back far right corner, she thinks it's a very appropriate time to now explain to me how to get to the back right corner. I don't really care. I just want to go, right? Like, I gotta, I'm doing a little dance. She's like, okay, so if you come right this way, and then take a right, I'm like, okay, uh-huh, and you go right over there to that, to that corner, I said, uh-huh, then you're at the front right corner. Okay, all right, thank you. And she goes, then you turn left and you go back. And you're going to pass the ladies' section. Uh huh. And then you're going to pass the toy section. Yes, okay. And then at the very back, at the end, after all of that, you'll be at the back right corner. Great, thank you. And then you'll see the bathroom. Okay, good. And I'm, this whole time I'm trying to be polite. But what I really want to tell her is look, lady, I don't need to know. I just got to go. You're telling me this good information, but far back corner was enough for me. The direction was enough for me. I don't need to know. I just need to go. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't need to know exactly what God was going to do. They didn't need to know exactly how God was going to save them. It didn't matter. They just heard the direction from God. They could have said to God, I don't need to know. I just need to go. And they showed up for God. They showed up for God in a big way. When God shows up for us, when we show up for him, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. When you find yourself in a, in a fire, when you find yourself in a, in a, in a furnace, oh, yeah, but God, is it really that big of a deal if I just you know, do these things? You want me to be happy, right? Is it, really, is it really a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal. And you don't need to know. You just need to go. You just need to do what God says. He gives you good instructions. You could spend the rest of your life trying to figure out exactly how all of God's promises work, or you could just obey them and find out they do. Okay, let's keep reading the story. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. So uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, yeah, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're going to do whatever God says and whatever. Forget it. And then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and, all their, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. 
The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Number three, God will let you hit the fire. God did not deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from King Nebuchadnezzar's hand in the expected sense. God did not deliver them from the fire at all. They went into it. God delivered them through the fire. They went into it. If you've read other stories in the Bible, you know God could do some pretty amazing things. God could have caused fire to come down from heaven and just, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have been the only people left. He could have done that. He's done it other times. God God could have had the, the oppressive leaders of Babylon just fall down dead. He could have done it. He's done it before. But he didn't do that. God could have just caused this chariot to come down. Like, how cool would this be? Our God will deliver us from your hands, King Nebuchadnezzar. And down comes a chariot, and like some music. The music comes, and they just hop in the chariot and ride off, and King Nebuchadnezzar's jaw would drop. That's how I would have done it. That'd be cool. That's not what happened. God let him hit the fire, and God will let you hit the fire. God delivered them through the fire, but they had to fall in first. It sounds really mean, doesn't it? Why would God do such a thing? It's not mean. It's actually quite loving. It's the most loving thing that a father can do, if you think about it. Let me give you another example. When my kids were itty-bitty babies, and I had to change their diapers, and I had to use a cold, wet wipe to do it. And when that happened, both of my kids would look up at me, and they'd say, And I swear, one of them looked at me and said, Injustice! Why would you do this to me? There was one time I was changing my kid's diaper and I felt guilty. And I'm like, wait a minute, this has to happen. I do this because I love him. But they did not like that cold. Was I, lo- was I being mean or was I being loving? That's loving. That's loving. Or when my kids want to play outside more, but I make them take a bath in order to get the filth off of them. And they cry, injustice, let me play! Am I being a mean dad or am I being a loving dad? When my kids scrape their knee and I put antiseptic on the wound and it stings, but I want to kill the germ so it doesn't, there's not, not any infection. I want it to be better in as short of time as possible. And I put that antiseptic on the wound to kill the germs and prevent infection. And they cry out, ow! You ever cry out, ow, to God? Ow! Am I being a mean dad? No. I don't take the, I don't take the antiseptic and say, <laughs> stick it to you, kid. I'm like, hang on. But it's necessary, and I do it because I love my kids. So what about the fact that people at your job are rude, ungodly, and you can't find a different one? Is God mean, or is he letting your faith develop? What about the situation that you're in with a friend? maybe at school, and they betrayed you. 
and it just puts a pit in your stomach every time you think about it, and it doesn't seem to get any better. Is God being mean, or is, he, or is he allowing you to experience human emotion to prepare you for the next part of your life? What about the reoccurring fight that keeps happening with someone in your house? Why doesn't God just fix it? Is he being mean? Or is he trying to remove your own pride, setting you up for the next thing? God lets us hit the fire sometimes because he loves us and he has a great plan for us. So they showed up for God in a big, big way. Just by serving in Babylon, they were showing up for God. Can you show up for God in a big way in your world, at your school, at your job, at your meeting this week? Show up for God. And when you show up for God, here's number four, Jesus shows up when you need him. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When you show up for God, Jesus shows up when you need him. This series is about divine encounters where we're looking at experiences of people encountering Jesus. Check this out. Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 through 29. We're going to finish up the story. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Verse 25, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth guy looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Before, he was, just, he, was, he was good with any gods. And now he's specifying which one he's talking about. Servants of that one. Servants of the Most High God. Come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Verse 27. And the satraps, pre- prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was their hair, not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then... Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. Whoa. Pretty gnarly. They can be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubber. For, read it with me, no other God can save in this way. A few verses before, King Nebuchadnezzar said, what God can save you from my hand? And then here he ends it. No other God could save like this one can. Jesus shows up when you need him. What kind of God is Jesus? He's an interventionist God. He's not spiritual. I mean, he's spiritual but it's not just good feelings. He's not just a higher power. Oh, Jesus is a higher power, let me tell you. But he's not just a higher power separated from our lives. He's an intervening God. He is a relational God. He's a God that wants to have a relationship with you. One of the things that's so meaningful to me in this story is that, that God sent someone into the fire. When you're in the fire, do you believe Jesus can be with you? 
Do you believe Jesus is there? When you're in the hardship of life, do you believe that Jesus is with you? That's how he wants the fires to go. He will send you into a fire. He will let you fall into the flames. But let me tell you, he will not let you do it alone. He will be with you. He is an interventionist God. He is a relationalist God. And he wants to walk around with you. When I read this passage, it's not there was a fourth man in there who, was, who released their whatever. It's not, it's not like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bowed down and worshipped. They were walking around. I just imagine them having fun, like, oh, can you believe we got this? We're okay. They were walking around. When you find yourself in that situation, when you're going through a furnace, when you're in a situation where you have to choose God's way or the world's way, and you choose God's way, he's with you, and he will show up for you. You may hit a fiery furnace, a testing of your faith. When that happens, remain faithful. No matter what, you're with Jesus. When your apathy-inspired behaviors begin to rise up, invite Jesus into that fire. Lord, I pray that when your church is faced with decisions this week, we would make the right ones. We invite you into our challenging situations. We invite you into any persecution. We invite you into our struggle against sin. Lord, be with us, strengthen us as we make the right decisions. But you see, this, this union with God, it's available to everyone, but it's not automatic. It's not automatic that when you go through a hard time, just because you showed up to online church today doesn't mean that your hard season on Wednesday, that hard conversations you're going to have with somebody, oh, Jesus is in the fire with me now. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. You have to show up for him. You have to receive him. The union with God doesn't start until you receive him. You see, see it works like this. All of mankind is born into a pickle. We're in quite a predicament. We're between a rock and a hard place. We're... We're separated from God. God creates us to be together with him. But we're all born with a sinful nature. No one had to teach me how to lie. I just knew how to do it when I was little. So that sinful nature separates us from God. And no amount of doing good things or showing up to church can get rid of the sin that's in the middle. The only way to, to get rid of sin is for the innocent to die, to pay the price for the guilty. And that's what Jesus did. He was innocent and he died on our behalf. And so when he died on our behalf, anybody that looks to Jesus now and accepts him as their savior and says, yeah, I believe that, and they surrender their life to Jesus, because that sin has been dealt with, they can have a connection with God again. They can have union with God. They can show up for God, and God will show up for them, just like with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus will show up in our fire if we receive him. If you're in the room or if you're watching online, I want to give you a, an opportunity right now to make that decision. If you've never done that before and you understand you know, that sin separates you from God, and the only way to be with God again is to, to accept what Jesus did. He died on your behalf. And if you accept that and live for him and call him Lord, make him in charge of your life, you can have a connection with God. 
That is the way to be a Christian. That's what Christianity means. That's the very basic sense of it. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, either here in the room or watching online, if you're watching online, I encourage you right now to hit the little button in the public chat, raise your hand to commit your life to Jesus. Or if you're in the room right now, would you raise your hand? Say, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to commit my life to Jesus. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for the hands that are, that are raised, Lord. Let's all pray this in our hearts, Lord. We trust you. We depend on you. We admit that we're a sinner and we need a savior. So Lord, we ask you to, to enter our life and to be in charge. Become Lord, you know, be in charge of our life. We declare it in Jesus' name, amen.